A podcast about movies and more for those who love horror. My name is Jake, and with you, with me, with us, as always, is my pal Brian in a red hat. Hey guys, <laughs> say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. I you guess said I s- hey, so I need to correct you. <laughs> as I say, I guess I skipped ahead there. What's going on, folks? And to my left, my I have seen Chad. Over the holiday weekend, I saw you once a day for four days, and that blows my mind. The last person I hung out with that much was my wife. And before that, I can't think of a single soul. But I so. put out more, so. What? They say what? Don't give away our secrets. <laughs> it's crazy how quickly I get replaced. Well, he has a... <laughs> his butthole no, is fine. almost always <laughs> open because he's just shitting out of it or putting my wiener inside of it. And that's the way that it goes. And I was, I had a conscientious thought to myself. I was going to try and be less vulgar this episode. And I start off just with butt it. fucking. So let's start off. Butt fucking raw dog. What else do I need to say to get it all well, we'll out? Let's try next week. Yeah, exactly. In 400 episodes next week, Jake's going to stop saying yeah. fisting. The, the one week when you're beforehand. And I think we'll just really tone it down a little bit. Two seconds saying, you're a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. You could tell the ones that your wife are on. You definitely try and tone it down. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. She even made a comment after we finished the last episode. Brian's like, you're different on those episodes. I was like, you just don't ever listen to the episodes you aren't on. So how about that? Toots. So, guys. This episode is going to be a lot different than every other episode we've ever done because we've never done a battle episode. So the rules of the battle of the cryptids is in order to advance in the bracket, you need a vote of two of the three slashers in order to proceed. We can argue for any length of time. You can bring in anything. <laughs> We've decided it's only one of the creature, even if it hunts in packs. Oh, and- is that so? I, I didn't know that was what we were Agreed on. We had in the pre-production Fuck, meeting. We talked about I this. There I was like <laughs> you were there. You were there. Wow. You were just looking at something on your phone about a foreign cryptid when we're sticking to North American <laughs> cryptids. But they're so fun. They are, which is why in a supplemental <laughs> later episode, we will be doing cryptids of the world. Then that cryptid champion versus this cryptid champion will have its own No clash. offense, but I feel like cryptids of the world is going to fucking destroy anything <laughs> we have here in the Americas. I have at least two of the Americas that I would put up against pretty much any of the other Thunderbird. ones. Thunderbird. And Wendigo. Yeah. That's... If that's not the final of tonight, I'm going to blow my mind. Like, what? As the nerds would say. Well, Brian, we could really just throw them through a loop right now. They're, they're right? OP. Yeah, I guess you really could, right? The jackalope wins it all. I'm like, what? But I don't have a tattoo of a jackalope. That lizard man, though, I gotta oh, tell yeah. you. And if we're talking about a sea or lake creature, a land creature, a bird creature, you're just going to divide the quadrants of how much space it would be. So like, let's say it's Sasquatch versus a lake monster. Half of the terrain is land. Half of it is water. Because it's bullshit to be like, okay, we're going to throw a sea serpent into the desert. Right, right. And a jackalope <laughs> kicks its ass. But at the same time, you got to imagine, so Thunderbird, for instance, like it flies everywhere. So it's air, 
right? So it's like, okay, air versus sea. Um, it's going to dive into the fucking water. I don't. I see birds do that all the time. You get the birds the, the size, birds the size of a plane. Well, honestly, <laughs> in your situation with your your lightning technique, that's you an unfair just, advantage. Like, fry the fucking <laughs> the water, and you're done. Drop some TNT over the side. Just like <laughs> flap your wings, fry the motherfucker, and then like dip your talon in. And be like, how's the water? <laughs> Pull it out. <laughs> put some tartar sauce on and eat it like calamari. There we go. Am I right? So we talked about this briefly on the weekly warm up which was our favorite cryptids going into this. Yours was the Sam Squanch. What was yours? Nessie. Oh, Nessie. That's right. And mine is the Kappa. But, uh, you know, that's obviously Japanese, and yours is not even... Yours is Scottish, so... So American or North America. North America, which would it be? Wendigo. Wendigo, okay. Hence the tattoo. Right. Makes sense. Which I did way too much research on that. Just... Some, I wanted to read off some of the reading that I did for this episode. So I read The Wendigo by Algernon Blackwood. Excerpts from the Charmed Book of Shadows, Ancient Sorcerers and Other Tales, The Big Book of Canadian Ghost Stories, Dangerous Spirits, The Wendigo in Myth and History, Isle Royale, The Age of Myths and Legends. This is all on Wendigo? Gold, Madness, Murder and Mayhem in Colorado, The Beast That Hide from Man, Uncle John's Bathroom Reader, Weird Canada, Legends, Lore and True Tales of the... Chattahoochee, Mysterious Madison, Hunt for the Skinwalker, Mysterious America, and American Monsters, not to mention the Wikipedia and all that shit. So basically, Wendigo is Monster Squad of the Cryptids. It's kind of like I will fight you to the death, basically. basically. (laughs) Well, no, because there are areas where I think that it's deficient. But I mean, my my love of the Wendigo goes back to when I was a small boy. Well, truly. So if you know your x-men history wolverine debuted in a comic where he was fighting the incredible hulk it was an incredible hulk issue and he was sent by the canadian government to fight the hulk but it turns out the monster that was actually wreaking havoc was the wendigo which in marvel comics is slightly different it's more of a yeti fuller bodied and it howls wendigo so it was like a sasquijo Sas, sas, Sam sas, Squatchataki <laughs> with a little skunk ape in sasquatch there. and wendigo when when to squatch <laughs> when to squash it sounds like a question to ask your doctor doctor when to squash <laughs> he points at your buttock but yeah if you look at the cover of I'm showing the gentleman if you're watching the audio version the Incredible Hulk 181 you can see that's Wolverine in the back that's the Wendigo oh interesting so as a young kid I was like oh and then I looked into the lore and I was like that's not Marvel Comics at all but I still liked it and so that kind of spawned it and then you know is tied to Pet Cemetery and stuff, which is okay. our first episode, which you haven't listened to. You should probably listen to. It's good. And what's our? I'm sorry to jump in here, but are it. we going to use this as a basis as far as gauging people's reaction to it? As far as maybe doing like a battle of the slasher? Sure, we've talked about that in the past. The problem is, if you, I don't know if you've noticed, we are 38 episodes into this we show. We haven't done a slasher, not one, <laughs> not one. Called slashers, it's just hard because you don't want to blow your wad because all the best ones. I mean, it's a very linear path. So yeah, but talking- I gotta tell you, when I blow my wad, it feels great. Well, also our good friends over <laughs> yeah, at- but then you're done for like two days. But I'm just saying, as far as selfishly, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, our friends over at Spook House kind of are doing what we were planning on doing. We were originally going to do for the whole month of October was going to be 
two installments of the Halloween franchise per week. Right, right. And they're doing all of September, all of October is Halloween. That's a lot of Halloween. Which yeah. is originally going to be our first slasher. So now we're contemplating new things. But do support our friends over at Spook House. They put out good shit. That's all I have to say about that. Moving on. We're going to start off with the bracket. I'm just going to go list by list, if that's okay. So first yep, I'm sure. going to say all of them, and then we're just going to go. I'm not going to describe the bracket, and somebody's probably going to be too lazy to put it in the video version if you're watching on YouTube. Sorry <laughs> about it. Yep. Our first, Snallygaster, Jackalope, Beast of Busco, <laughs> Thunderbirds, Wahila, Bigfoot, Frogman, Hodag, Manny Pogo, Jersey Devil, Mothman, Squonk, Skinwalkers, <laughs> Lizardman, Wendigo, and the Ozark Howler. That is what we are working with. Why can't we change it to Squanch? I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> when I see Squonk, I think of Rick and Morty. Wait a second. Where the fuck is my Chupacabra? Is it not in there? You son of a bitch. <laughs> I did so much research on that. Well then. So what are we taking out? Put it in. We'll figure it out. I'm going to start off. We're going to do the opening battle and you're going to fix this. I swear to God. <laughs> nope. You're off this show. It's Take good. out the lizard men because Brian regrets <laughs> the one. Brian was like, let's do the lizard men. And he's like, I hate the lizard men. So we're taking out the lizard men. And yeah, no, back you, the you, you totally can do that because, again, you're like, Brian, which one do you want to throw in there? I was like, lizard man. And then I looked it up and I was like, it's fucking awful. Worse. <laughs> he just gets hit by a car. He literally has an obsession with cars. Apparently, he's very strong. He's lizard type. He has glowing red eyes with like. 95% of other cryptids. Yep. And he's like seven feet tall. Which is surprisingly tall compared for a non Sasquatch. Right. That it's that it's a lizard that is seven feet tall, which leads me to believe that people think it's some somewhat prehistoric. You know what? The chupacabra is about three to four feet tall. So what we could do is have <laughs> it be your lizard man, but it's actually two chupacabras on each other's shoulder with like a trench coat on trying to get into an R-rated movie. Isn't that fun? It's too bad lizard man doesn't have like a fun little pouch. Where Chupacabra could just like <laughs> hang out in the front. <laughs> the amount of cryptid lore that says basically that cryptids are just kangaroos right. losing no, America absolutely. is crazy. Absolutely. Definitely a Chupacabra though. Chupacabra. Uh, the, people have said Jersey Devil. The Jersey a, Devil, yeah. exactly. The Jersey Devil looks fucking strange. I love it because it is horrifyingly weird. Yes. Like, it looks something like something comforting in like the form and function of a Sasquatch. Like, oh, these forms make sense together. But literally, like the Jersey Devil is this unnerving hodgepodge where it reminds me of like Leatherface's couch. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. It reminds me of like a poor science experiment gone wrong. Yes. <laughs> so we're starting with our first battle, which is, of course, the Snallygaster versus the Jackalope. I just uh, love that name. Snallygaster. Snallygaster? It's kind of amazing. <laughs> So the Snallygaster, if we go to the notes, predominantly is viewed as being a Maryland slash Washington, D.C. creature. First viewing, 1909. That's one of the things that's really funny that Chad was bringing up about how long the American cryptids have been in existence compared to the international. Would you like to mount your soapbox and <laughs> rant about it for a minute? Yeah, well, there are quite a few that are like 1995. And I was like, what? yeah, you're like, uh... I'm older than this thing. <laughs> But some are like a lot of a lot of them are 1950s back when science fiction was probably pretty rampant. I think what <laughs> happens is to Brian's point, there's lizard men, right? That's they're scratching at cars and shit. You got Billy and Tommy Sue. They're necking in the forest. Billy's, you know, had a little, you know, a little bit of a drinky right. pinky crashes his dad's car into some bushes. 
And he's like, no, Pa, don't hit me with the belt again. It was a lizard man. It was a lizard man. I don't know what to do. <laughs> he's a goddamn communist, daddy. <laughs> Four weekends in a row, the kid's out there with a shotgun trying to find a quote-unquote lizard man. <laughs> but 1909, it is described as being a bird-like dragon creature with, quote, enormous wings, a long-pointed bill, claws like steel hooks, and an eye at the center of its forehead. That's what the locals describe it as. Modernly, it seems to be depicted as being more of like a griffin style, but with tentacles coming out of its mouth. Like a single eye? Only so it's like a cyclops? I think it's three, but like there's yeah. one oh, up at the oh, top oh, of it. Oh, oh, got the it. Two okay. peripheral. President Theodore Roosevelt at one point was like, nah, fuck that. Let's not go on an African safari. Let's find and kill the Snallygaster dog. <laughs> Teddy and the Rough Riders, dude. Are you going, fucking going to me? town oh. to going after the Snallygaster? I, that's I like my it. favorite bit of trivia I think I found in this I whole I feel episode. like somebody can make a movie off of that. Hell yes. Yes. <laughs> that would be amazing. TM. Copyright. Stamp it. Stamp it. The Secret Life of Teddy Roosevelt as a fucking cryptid hunter. <laughs> There's like a weird movie similar to that out, I think, on... The Man Who Killed uh, yeah, Bigfoot. Bigfoot and Hitler or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I've wanted to watch it. It's that dude who's the big mustache who I like. Whose name? Uh, from the Big Lebowski. Yes. The dude that he talks to. Exactly. Who's in Parks and Rec as other Ron, which is hilarious. Yes. Absolutely hilarious. I totally want to see it too. Let's see it together. So okay. apparently it snatches <laughs> children and livestock. Yep. So whenever I hear something that says it snatches children, it immediately just goes to something parents tell their kids yep. before they go to bed. Yeah. That's what the coppa <laughs> is. I mean, that's... If you look at most of these, and especially when it comes to like a treacherous terrain, that's where it really you tie it in. Like if you look at lots of the North America, like Canada has probably more cryptids than right, America right. because the, the terrain rugged, is so much. The rugged terrain. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want kids wandering off and getting abducted or whatever. Or there was a child murderer and they didn't know that that would be a real thing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's dark, Chad. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Let's liven this up a little bit, buddy. <laughs> Remember, I hashtag this show a lot as hashtag horror podcast, hashtag comedy podcast in oh, that order. Oh, so okay. I'm going to need you to, <laughs> what's the punchline of child murder, Chad? It's Clown definitely not hashtag, it's definitely not hashtag family friendly. No, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah, I have some family friends who are like, oh yeah, our kid listens to your show. I'm like, he's 13, he shouldn't, that's okay. But then, Do yourself a favor, listen to one of them. I don't and, think they've uh, listened to it, I think just their kid has. I'm like, you didn't, I'm, I don't want to admit to being a deviant, so I'm just going to let you do it. So in the Maryland area, German immigrants were the ones who really popularized this cryptid. Originally, it was called a Schnellergeist, which means quick spirit in German. All right. A Schnellergeist. So, a so it's a Snallygaster or a Schnellergeist. This is the best. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of similar. On name. name value alone, I think it gets past the Jackalope. But yes, I want to make this movie. Let, <laughs> let's give the Jackalope its due deference. Chad, do you want to read the details on the Jackalope? No. Okay. <laughs> so a Jackalope, which some people confuse with the Wolpertinger, is just a rabbit with antlers. A Wolpertinger has the head of a rabbit, the body of a squirrel, the antlers of a deer, and the wings and legs of a pheasant with fang. Interesting. <laughs> Wyoming's official cryptid. Interesting enough, while I was passing through Wyoming last week, I saw lots of jackalopes. Like, as far as... Real ones? And you didn't bring me one back? T-shirts. You son of a... Oh, okay. <laughs> on on, on t-shirts, on signs. Oh. I, I, I gave it a little bit of pause there. Yeah. You're like, 
I want one. <laughs> no, no. You know, it's definitely memorabilia things. Apparently, <laughs> there's like Turkish art that depicts rabbits with like unicorn horns going back thousands of years. So hmm. this is yeah, not a, a new It wouldn't thing. surprise me. There could be some sort of anomaly when it comes to rabbits. It's not the tumor. <laughs> Something like that. Hey, why not? Yeah. Or maybe like a rabbit had sex with a cactus because it's the Wild West and then it springs the things, right? <laughs> if the jackalope had the powers of the rabbit from Monty Python, yes. then, I mean, oh, yeah. the jackalope wins, hands down. <laughs> it wins but, everything. <laughs> but it does not. Unless you have the holy Says hand grenade. <laughs> maybe the guys are onto something. <laughs> well, I mean, all I'm saying is that while that one didn't have horns, you can't say that rule it out as a possibility. I mean, for all we know, they were just tapping into the ethereal truth of the world through LSD or something. Or right? or here's the thing. It gets ripped in half by a griffin with steel-like claws. <laughs> Is it called the Schnellergeist or the Snallygaster? <laughs> and a long-pointed bill. <laughs> okay. I kind of want it to get passed, but I do see you have a valid point. I will vote that the Snallygaster beats the Jackalope. Chad, Chad, what do you think? I agree. Unanimous. Okay. okay. What's the fatality? Oh, man. I originally was doing a D&D theme where I was picking classes, but then when we got to 16 Cryptid, I was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. The only <laughs> thing I can think of is the Jackalope basically evades enough attacks to wear the Snallygast down and then goes in for the kill. Or Snallygaster swallows it whole, antlers cutting it on the inside out, <laughs> pops out of its belly button, and it's sitting there like Bilbo Baggins, and it's like, oh, where's that scale, bitch? Snallygast eats it whole, and the jackalope's antlers cut it all the way down into its intestines. They end up both dying. <laughs> they both die. Get them out. How romantic is that? <laughs> well, the Snallygaster, I didn't see anything where it was like breathing fire or anything that would destroy the mythic qualities of the jackalope's antlers. It's true. So, true. But I, I think that the, the point stands just in terms of physicality. Yes. Snallygaster. A unanimous decision. All right. So we got to fill out this. Next is the Beast of Busco versus the Thunderbirds. Chad, would you like to handle the Beast of Busco? What? Because that's the way I describe you in the sack. Ooh. <laughs> Hoo-hoo. This is a giant turtle. Uh, there you go. 300 pounds. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, it's a, an enormous snapping turtle that citizens claim to have seen in 1949. Did they ever see it again? <laughs> <laughs> One other person, I believe, says he saw it. Oh, no. Half a century later in July of 1948, two people said they saw it. And then did they perchance wreak ecological havoc on the area to try and yes. prove it? One man who was so mad <laughs> that everyone said he was insane drained the entire lake to try and find it. Oh, what a dick. And I'm assuming he found it, oh, preserved uh, at the yeah. Museum of Natural of History. Of course, no. Oh. Found nothing. That's a bunch of dead fish. Dead fish. <laughs> but it was reported, he reported that it probably weighed up to 500 pounds. I mean, this isn't out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, turtles, giant turtles, I forget what their actual name is, but they can grow to be what? At least I looked up a ancient pounds, turtles right? and they said it could be up to what was it? I think 15, 12 feet, 15? 12 feet. Yeah, 12 feet long was like the biggest ancient turtle. I mean, I know four turtles that are about six feet tall. Yeah. They're <laughs> so, <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> they love pizza and <laughs> hang out with a rat. The Beast of Bosco is rude. 
but he's also a party dude. Sweet attitude. Teenage Mutant Ninja Cryptids team. Okay. So now it's your turn to return fire with the Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Basically, not just a car. Yeah, not just not quite a, car. a woman. Let me let me find <laughs> it. Thunderbird. Yet a girl. Wait, okay, so what's interesting about the Thunderbird is there are different beliefs through the different tribes, right? There's the Algonquin, the Menom. I'm gonna butcher this. The Menomina. 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 Menomini. The Menomini. The Menominee. <laughs> so basically, the Algonquin. Okay, <laughs> the Algonquin beliefs were that it controlled the upper world, while the Panthers controlled the underworld, and it creates lightning by flapping its motherfucking wings. Are we talking about the Carolina Panthers? Sorry, football is all about. So I'm trying to be sportsman. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'm missing the Bears. The right Bears. Now. The Bears. I think they'll beat the. The Packers. Not with Aaron Rodgers' mustache, they won't. That, that man could that fuck a horse with that go. mustache. That mustache has got to go. It's fucking so awful. Discount double check. <laughs> <laughs> so then the Menominee <laughs> basically has the Thunderbirds as like a flock, basically like hanging out on like a cloud and they just like fucking oversee everything from down below, which and is pretty cool. They control rain and hail. So everything, oh, hell yeah. everything <laughs> weather-wise that you can think of, something that a Thunderbird can control. So which, there's storm from the X-Men, but without a mohawk. Basically, exactly, yeah. exactly. 13 to 16 foot wingspan, 1890 account, which is... That's long per, ago. Yeah, that's long ago. I mean, compared to some of the other ones, like you said, 1980, ni- 1955 or something like that, 1960. Well, even as recently as the 70s, in I think yeah. 1972, there was the finding of there was a, two 10-year-old boys playing out in the front yard, two giant birds. One carries the boy like 10 feet. <laughs> and people are like, oh, well, naturally, two kids are going to make up a bullshit story. But there are a bunch of adults in like this cul-de-sac who are like, no, this like really happened. Right. So it's very common for Thunderbirds to be in... A pair. Yes. Yeah. And I exactly. Reference exactly. when we were talking about that is that there are several eagles that can like pick up goats and deer. And oh, absolutely. Drop I've seen. High. I've seen videos. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah it's, yeah, it's fucking insane. And a kid doesn't weigh as much as like a. Adult and they also they they say you know it was a condor right. basically and yeah I don't believe it no 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 there's no way that I think that there's a condor in the sky but it's the size of a plane. Well, have you heard of the Webb Lake bird? No. So American history is rife with giant bird sightings. So we're just going to kind of combine them all into the Thunderbird. But the Webb Lake bird was a 2009 sighting from John Baldwin, who is actually a very credible guy who was on a bike ride on during vacation. And he saw this bird and it was sitting. He was able to use frame of reference. And he estimated the wingspan to be 18 to 20 feet because yep. it's fully Absolutely. silhouetted a road. But here's the fun thing. Tying it all together with a couple weeks back and the week coming up. It's Pennywise the Clown, butt fuckers. It was gray, just like Mike Hanlon's bird. Nice. I like so it. I, I'm just tying it together. Stephen <laughs> King, you fucking I mean, thief. It goes along with it, like you, you said. I mean, a 13 to 16 foot wingspan. The 1890 account of researchers apparently killed the creature. No remains were found, of uh-huh. course. Yep. They say that apparently it was a winged monster that resembled a huge alligator. 
like a flying alligator in the sky. That sounds terrifying. That would be so right? awesome to see. Now, are we going to use that version? Because a winged alligator versus a snapping turtle, I kind of feel like I lean that way. But otherwise, I actually kind of give the snapping turtle some credit. Yeah, well, with the snapping turtle, it has that the shell basically enveloped in it. And it's like, okay, fuck you. I'm going to go hang out in the shell. And- so what size are we going to talk about here? That's the, the one thing I had an issue with with this pairing was because the Thunderbird varies so wildly in size and... I mean, it's just a turtle when you think about it. So it has to be okay. pretty big. It's a snapping turtle. So <laughs> I'm going to go off of the 1948 sighting just because that's the latest as far as what I've come to as far as telling the size of it, right? So in 1948, April 10th, 1948, all within the Illinois region, three individuals saw what looked like a plane overhead, but had flapping wings, right? So a small plane, so the size of a small plane. Okay. Now, quick question. Can we agree that the Beast of Busco has Gamera-like powers where it pulls its legs into its body and shoots around spinning with jets? That would be awesome. No. But no. Ah. <laughs> well, then, if we can't agree on that, what can we agree on? I mean, with this, I think you have to give it to the Thunderbirds as a predatory-seeming animal with a much stronger power base where the turtle literally is just a giant It's just a giant turtle. turtle. I'll give it to you on this round, but we can't just let the size of the thing take it over in the no, future. But no, but it, no, also, no, it also has something yeah, to do saying, with its offensive... It's, right, exactly. It has something to do with its offensive prowess as well because it controls all things weather. It's basically a, a storm from... So let's agree it's the same weight. This, so in terms of like mass, it is the same weight, whatever the scale okay. has to yeah. be. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's I can fair. see that. Yeah, but I still think it could carry it at least out of the water enough to be on land. It could tear open the shell with how big it is. Well, I think the lightning alone and the lightning, fucks it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think it I'm just easily... worried about moving forward because I don't want it to just butt fuck everybody. Right, right. Because it, like, it basically is Aztec god, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So. exactly. It's so. Thor with wings. Unfortunately, folklore and stuff that gets carried on through the generations does have kind of a little bit of leeway here, right? Because some things are just like, okay, well, here's something from the 50s, and this is what it is. Other things, it's like, no, this is... From the Mesozoic era. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. The natives is literally a messenger from the sun god. Right. And well, you're like, how I read all these we- <laughs> fucking books and every book says something different about every single thing. Right. Yeah. Like the descriptions vary wildly. And we yeah, talked about true. that when we do like the international version, you're going to have so many more like bigger, crazier they're, type They're cryptids. basically gods. Exactly. We're going to have a battle of the gods. Right. So. Which sounds dope. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm mad at it. Okay. So Thunderbirds, unanimous? Unanimous yeah. as well. Okay. Agreed. Brian, can you do your Thunderbird cry that you've been practicing for the last three weeks? <laughs> <laughs> Next, we go to the Wahila, which is basically a warg, versus Bigfoot. Chad, do you want to do the Wahila and I'll do the Bigfoot? Sure. Where's the Wahila? It's in the document somewhere. I know! So Bigfoot... <laughs> When I was still doing my D&D gimmick, was a barbarian. Surprise, surprise. You could also be a druid if you take the more mystical version, but I'll take that. Also known as Sasquatch, Yeti, Skunk Ape, Yowie, Gigantopithecus. You might remember it from the Roger Patterson Bob Gimlin footage from October 20th, 1963. It's the famous footage where he like looks backwards and that's clearly a guy in a suit. <sighs> in August 2012, a man in Montana was killed by a car while wearing a ghillie suit trying to pretend to be a Bigfoot. I think I remember seeing that. Like, 
You know, you know that guy's family shaking his head like, what the fuck? Yeah. They're like, you did me a favor. <laughs> Here's something that's also frustrating. So there's the Missouri monster, which is also referred to as Momo. That is basically a Sasquatch. If we go with the white thing of Alabama, that's also basically a Sasquatch. The Mongolian monster, or excuse me, Mongolian monster of Arizona, it's like also a, Yeti. a Sasquatch. The Fook monster of Arkansas, also a Sasquatch. Is, Sa- is Sasquatch and a Yeti essentially the same thing? Yeah. One just likes the cold? Yeah, it's the <laughs> polar bear. <laughs> the Selbyville swamp monster of Delaware, also. Skunk Cape of Florida, also. I have so many more of these. The Enfield horror of Illinois, also, is a Sasquatch Yeti thing. But that one has three legs. So, I got three legs. Or it's one giant. Check out this big old dick. <laughs> I'm basically talking about my dick to stall while I'm going through all my <laughs> list of notes. I'm going to cut all this out of the audio version, so enjoy your YouTube exclusive, <laughs> buttfuckers. There's the Takuhe from South Dakota, also. The Tennessee Wildman, also. The Northfield Pigman, also. The goddamn... <laughs> that one's literally Ozark the Washington Howl. Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there we go. There's a lot of them. So we're just going to kind of homogenize them all into one man-ape kind of creature. Momo of Missouri was cited in 1972. In 1971, a woman named Mary Ryan saw what she claimed was a half-man, half-ape that made a gurgling sound like someone trying to whistle underwater. And I want to ask, Mary. How does one know what somebody said? Exactly. (laughs) You have some weird hobbies, motherfucker. (laughs) 1967, there was the Minnesota Iceman. There are marked hominids. Did you know this? Marked hominids are basically just all Sasquatches that have like frosted tips, basically. <laughs> and they're different, like color patches, oh, have no. different, like taller and more human looking other characteristics. And they're usually denoted to have some form of mythic power. Huh. Interesting. Very odd. Henry W. Shoemaker wrote an essay, The Gorilla, regarding gorilla sightings in 1920 that are about a potential ape that escaped from a carnival that a lot of people theorize really popularized the idea of the Sasquatch in North America. Interesting. So basically when you're looking at your power set, just fucking huge and strong. Do we want to go into the druidic magic of like healing? Cause I feel like that's, that's pretty fair, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say he's unkillable, but I feel like he's got a little bit of that Wolverine juice in him. A little bit of regeneration. Yeah. It's a little bit. I like it. Talking about regeneration. Chad's your turn to talk about wahilas and why they're going to die. <laughs> so they're suggested to be related to bear dogs or what the hell is that word? <laughs> I, oh, am, wait, stop. Amifisonidae. Amifisonidae. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're generally found in Canada, Michigan, or Alaska. And I say found because I don't know why they're seen in Canada. Yeah, probably. Michigan and Alaska. <laughs> it's a wolf-like cryptid. It is thought to actually be a direct descendant of the dire wolf. For all of you fans out there of Game of Thrones. Meh. Meh. Was a fan. I liked the first season, and I stopped watching after that, and it was great. Oh, I didn't I'm even... I'm not disappointed. I didn't even know you finished the first season. Oh, yeah. I thought it was great. Oh, okay. But then I didn't want to watch week to week for season two, and I just gave up, and my whole plan was to watch it at the end, and everybody was like, no, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Not going to do it. All right. Fair enough. It Thanks, travels Dana Carvey, in for a that group 30-year-old of, joke. <laughs> it travels in a group of two or three. But apparently we can only we use can one. We can only use one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Against Sasquatch, I'll let you have two. I think that's fair. <laughs> it's fucking sad. I mean, you really think Bigfoot's going to get eliminated in the first round? Really? Really? Chad? It's always so nice 
portrayed as being nice. Look at the way that Harry and the Henderson's grandpa dad <laughs> drew with fangs. That's a mean mama jamma. Uh, but then we saw actual Henry and he was super nice. He's a pussy vegan like me. Go on. <laughs> okay, there's the Nahani, which is the Valley of the Headless Men, which had four decapitations and 44 missing persons that people believed to be the Wahila. Okay. And it's very similar to the Diwayo, which is the Wolfman of Maryland, whose natural enemy is the Schnellgeist. Oh. So that's just for anecdotal reference. We randomized the brackets, so we were kind of hoping that he would end up against the Snallygaster, but unfortunately it was not to be, and he's going to get butt-fucked by Bigfoot, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can give it to you. Because it's not like he's that big. I mean, from, True. The, from the pictures depicted, it shows it's basically a cross between a bear and a wolf, but at the same time, I've also read reports where it's maybe four feet at its, um, at its head, which... I can't imagine Bigfoot getting wrecked by something like that, even though it's going to be a little girthier than a regular wolf. Yeah. I, I, it reminds me of when King Kong fights the two T-Rexes. Oh, yeah. He yeah. just tears okay. them apart with his arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, from sheer strength alone, I feel like Sask. Also, Sasparilla. opposable thumbs, am I right? Yeah. Sas- Sasparilla wins this one. Is it unanimous? Yes. Yeah. Dude, where's we the combat? <laughs> you guys are supposed to fight with me. You're afraid of this dick. The Frogman <laughs> versus the Hodag. Hodag is my favorite. The Hodag only made this list because I love the name so much. Well, look it up. It's basically Appa from Avatar The Last Airbender if it was evil. I love it. <laughs> Discovered in 1893, it has the head of a frog. The grinning face of a giant elephant. What the fuck does that even mean? The short legs set off by huge claws, the back of a dinosaur, and the long tail with spears at the end. (laughs) uh, It sounds terrifying. Oh, yeah, absolutely terrifying. Gene Shepard, who found it, says that it eats turtles, fish, water snakes, oxen, and white bulldogs, but that's only on Sundays. So here's a question, though, really quick. Gene, whoever the fuck your name is, Shepherd. why does he get his name in lore? Because he decided to take some acid and trip the fuck out and say, I found something. This is what it is. Like it, He coordinated you, the elaborate hoax where they claim to kill it with TNT and then end up becoming famous for reneging on that when people are like, oh, we'll come investigate. He's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah. And according to explorerheinlander.com, the monster smells like pine air freshener. Ooh, that's nice. I mean, <laughs> I mean, when they describe it like that, it has to be real. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it wins by default. Yeah. Reminds well, me mean, of Tommy Boy with Dan Aykroyd. There was that the pine salt perfume. <laughs> Whatever. Moving on. Chad, do you want to try and claim why a frog man has any hope? There's no way. This it, is it's four feet tall. Let's let's <laughs> let's get this straight. The frog man, as in the version of the G.I. Joe action figure from 1950 or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. G.I. Yeah, it's Joe. four feet tall, was spotted in Loveland, Ohio. According to legend, a local man reported seeing three frog-like men with leathery skin and webbed hands and feet on the side of the road in 1955. You know what I think it was? Especially the fact it's on the side of the road. It's the dude from RoboCop who gets melted with acid, (laughs) and it was just three of them instead of one. Oh, all right. That's Frogman. (laughs) It says here that police officers then sighted and killed an animal that was later identified as a large iguana. Oh, Jesus. That's wow. a very different thing. Well, a large iguana. We killed it. The large iguana did fuck up all of New York in 1998. So let's have some respect. That's true. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Fair enough. So 
this is what I feel like. The agility of the Frogman, inarguable. The just powerful might of the Hodag. All it has to do is sit there. And the, what can't, like, legitimately, I'm going to get into my, my Zen Kung Fu discussion here. So all the Frogman can do is splash upon the rock like flowing <laughs> water in the creek, right? And unless we have a million years, it's not going to do anything. All it takes is one good swat of that spiky tail. Ba-ba! It's true. The frogman doesn't say it has any poison powers of any kind. So we should have had frogman up against Jackalope. And yeah. They could have just been best friends <laughs> and just like made a sitcom together. That'd be so great. <laughs> It'd be like that commercial with the what is it? It's like a jackalope, but oh god, <laughs> the puppy monkey baby thing. No, it's got the uh, platypus and the platypus are real though. Yeah, I know. But then it has like the <laughs> rabbit as well. God, whatever. It's a commercial. Someone out there knows. Okay. Enjoy that pop culture reference. I am randomly <laughs> from Grandpa Chad over here. Today. Chad's whatever like, you back in my day, my we had commercials. My car has no air conditioning right now. Fandango. Oh, We're not shit. in your car anymore, Chad. I know, but it hit me earlier today. It's hit me right now. Yeah. It's fucking hot as balls <laughs> in here. So unanimous decision is the Hodag wins. Yes, Hodag. Sure. Moving to the Manny Pogo versus the Jersey Devil. Uh, Brian, do you want to take the Jersey Devil? I think you enjoyed the researching that one yeah, almost man. as much as me. It was pretty cool. The Absolutely. 13th son, if you will. Yeah. What's interesting about the Jersey Devil is, again, it's almost like a hodgepodge of animals, right? You're like a kangaroo, it has wings. Let's see. The common description is that of a kangaroo-like wyvern. Wyvern? 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 Why, I've so always said wyvern. Wyvern but- is why I hate the Hobbit, or the Hobbit 2. Because they turned smog, not smog, from a dragon to an entirely different species, wyvern. Are you a little upset about it? I am. It's a different thing. It's like, oh, we have a Pegasus, we have a unicorn. It's a different thing. Huh. Okay. Benedict Cumbersnatch. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, horns, small arms with clawed hands, legs with cloven hooves, hooves, hooves. And a fork tail, which I thought was really cool. Little added thing in there, right? Oh yeah. Whip crack with his wicked tail. <laughs> and the beast was no, no, sorry, not that's doing great. That. <laughs> Significant overlap with Bat Squatch of Tacoma, Washington. Huh. And the Mothman. And the Chupacabra, apparently. Which I didn't realize <laughs> until I read four books. They're like, oh yeah, they might as well be the same thing. And I was like, well, I have multiple of them in my challenge. Oh. So legend has it, Jane or Deborah Leeds. Very Which different is names. strange, right? It goes off of two different names multiple times, known as Mother Leeds in the Barrens. This is how it gets the name the Leeds Devil as well as Jersey. Right, right? exactly. Uh, legend states that Mother Leeds had 12 children, and after she she found herself pregnant, she, which I, th- I find is so interesting reading this, right? I was telling you earlier. She found herself yeah. pregnant for <laughs> she, the 13th she's time. She's like, oh, that's so strange. I have a 13th child. It's like, yeah, bitch, that's what happens after 12. <laughs> so uh, there's nothing cursed about this. Use just a hoe. <laughs> no, Start just, using kid- the back just door. kidding, guys. <laughs> Not that big a deal. Yeah, so she basically curses the child immediately before it's even born, right? She's like, well, fuck this shit. Let's bust out the plan B. Nope, they don't have that back then. So I guess I'm just going to have the baby. They and it stairs. ends up flying out of her hoo-ha and going... <laughs> What do you say? He said they had stairs. <laughs> Which, if you actually look back at the history of abortion, going back to like ancient Roman times, yeah, there's a rife, ripped history. So keep going. Okay. All right. Uh, apparently, flies right out of her hoo ha up the chimney. 
and it's gone. Well, there's there's some stories that he kills them all first, right? And right. immediately I mean, knows how to speak, and is like, "You want to curse me, bitch? I'll curse and you." And this is this is obviously <laughs> wrong because there are children from her or like family members that go on to lead successful lives. Yep. So it's like, no, that's not true at all. And so then it hides off in the pines, right? Yeah, exactly. It Which is off. the Phantom of the Pines. Another of the names. Huh. We, yeah. That's what they call it when it's near Philadelphia as opposed to New Jersey, apparently. I really want to see Bruce Campbell fight the Jersey Devil. That'd be dope. Yeah, that would be <laughs> cool. Absolutely. Daniel Leeds basically came to the Barons and he congregated with all the Quakers and they're like, oh, hey guys, let's do all kinds of Quaker things. And he starts kind of wavering off and and checking out different things he makes an almanac and he starts getting interested in like the stars and the cosmos and they're like what kind of mumbo jumbo you talking about (laughs) he trades in his buckle (laughs) shoes for a a turtleneck like carl sagan that kind of right absolutely absolutely they get super pissed off right they ostracize him they kick him out of i don't even know what the fuck you call it you can't even be in our club anymore a quaker congregation (laughs) of sorts Right. And in response to that, he keeps publishing a bunch of stuff. He's like, well, fuck it. I mean, we're already outcasts, so might as well keep going with it. And he becomes obsessed with Christian occultism, Christian mysticism, cosmology, demonology, angelology. I don't even angelology. Sure. Does that sound right? He's, so he's basically proto Alex Jones. Where it's like, your mainstream media can't handle me, yeah. you gay frog. <laughs> yeah, and what's really cool about that is you can see the history of where the devil of Leeds comes from because the Quakers called him like an insufferable demon-like man. And so it just kind of carried over from there. Apparently, Napoleon's older brother, Joey, Joey? Joey? Yeah. Napoleon, and then there's Joey. What's crazy? Like, I always think of Napoleon as being like so far back, but it's in like 1890 that his brother sees the Jersey Devil. So it's like, that's not that. It just seems so like Napoleon's very like extravagant of a name. Right. And then there's Joey. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, bud. Lives next to the Pines Barrens. Indiana named Arik near Indiana named Arik near Philadelphia, Popissing Place of the Dragon. I don't know what that says. <laughs> Moving on. That must be one of my weird notes. <laughs> January 3rd, 1909. Farmers on a hunt for devil based on the tiniest footprints in snow and claims it attacked a trolley car. That's fun. Cops claim to have shot it. School and factories closed. Trolley is armed guards. After one week, all sightings kind of go away. No official attacks since that time. 1926. Two 10-year-olds described a flying lion, which is crazy. October 31st, which is fun. It's Halloween. Newspaper detailed autopsy of alleged devil was a hoax. Womp. 1993, there's an episode on X-Files, which you were telling me about. Would you like to regale? So the two, I think three references that we had on the animals that we chose or the cryptids that we chose were the jackalope, the Jersey devil and the chupacabra. And so just if you want to, the 1997 or excuse me, 1993 episode, it's called the Jersey devil that just watched that episode. There's also a 1997 PS1 game where they tried to make Crash Bandicoot, but the Jersey Devil. There's a reason why you don't remember that. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. And as we sit here today, Six Flags Great Adventure is making a Jersey Devil ride. How cool cool. is that? That is really neat. What other other cryptid really has some sort of ride based off of it? 
We didn't even know. So apparently the official cryptid of California is the Dark Watchers or whatever. Boring. No idea. I could I could think of like maybe Colossus being Bigfoot. Bigfoot's not ours. It's more Pacific Northwest. Right. But I was just thinking of as far as like a roller coaster or something. Oh yeah. It's basically. Uh, okay. Why not? <laughs> it's our it's our free country. We can do as we free please. So we're gonna go to mine, the Manny Pogo. Basically, we consolidated all of the following buttfuckers into it. There's the Ogapogo, Winnipogo, Memphrey, Selkie, Igapogo, <laughs> Bozo, TD, Thetis Lake Monster, Cressy, Mussy, Tessie, Mishapushi, Pepe, Kidzi, Nahuilito, Champ, Potawatomi, Mugwump, Gassi, Yendietha. Do you guys remember in Animaniacs where they start naming all the different states? <laughs> I feel like that's what you were doing right now with the song. So I went way off the reservation researching this one because I found that there's a whole society of people who refer to USOs, which are unidentified submerged objects, which basically theorizes that aliens not only have come and visited Earth, but they live here currently. And given that the surface area of the Earth is more water than it is land, it logically would follow that aquatic aliens would come to Earth and they would be underwater. Yep. So a lot of the theory is that all of these creatures, if they've ever existed, were actually aliens, which so, is a whole different mythology. The movie The Abyss. Basically. Uh, and there's some new movie with Kristen Stewart, which is supposed to be that too. Oh, really? Sure, why not? Yeah, okay. I keep seeing things for trailers and I'm just not watching them anymore. It's a strange yes, thing. I don't know why, we kind of got ruined by that. I always get one. sucked into stuff where they're like, we're going to go into the Mariana Trench. And I'm like, the take all of my time <laughs> right now. <laughs> I actually like the Meg a lot. It's dumb, but it's super fun. Yeah, I was entertained. So the Manny Pogo is from Lake Manitoba. And in the Center for Fortean Zoology, they note that the area is wonderful for cryptids as it has 110,000 lakes and 263,000 square kilometers of forest. That's fucking crazy. Wow. So when people are like, oh, Bigfoot can't possibly. Really? No, nope, it could. <laughs> you think you want to take your drone and fly over that much forest land? Not going to do it. Referring to the same Dana Carvey joke again. <laughs> Professor and zoologist James McLeod said he tried to find the monster because there was claims that there were vertebrae that were found for it, and then he never found one, and the bone was dismissed because people were like, oh, well, you realize that this was all underwater during the last ice age, right? And they're like, oh, awkward. Sorry about that. <laughs> There's only one footage of the Manny Pogo, which was taken in August of 1962 by Richard Vincent. It's a squiggly line. That's okay. all it is. There's lots of explanations for it, which is basically that it's more often than not, it's a mother bull moose being followed by her cub. Because if you look at the shape of her head sticking out, it, you know, it used to be described as a horse's head or aquine, if you will. Right. And then it became dinosaur as that became in vogue. And so there you have it. When you have them in the line, look at the pictures. It's the exact same thing. Another explanation was a sturgeon breaching, which they can be 2.5 meters tall. And weigh 300 fucking pounds. I didn't even realize surgeons can get that big. Neither did I. It's I saw a picture crazy. with it. The dudes were nuts. In pop culture, the Manny Pogo, the streaming service, Hulu, has ordered <laughs> a series based on North American lake monsters by Nathan Balagrund. There is a minor league baseball team and a minor league hockey team nice. for general lake monsters. This one can vary between 12 and 50 feet long, which is interesting because there's only one picture of it and it's a squiggly line. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> oh, and then here's a great, my favorite part, squeeze, squeeze. C.P. Alric reported that some sort of creature rose six feet out of the lake and gave a, quote, prehistoric type dinosaur cry. 
And I have a question as to how he knew what a prehistoric type dinosaur cry was when Jurassic Park didn't come out till the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so clever. That's good. Son like of it. a bitch. <laughs> okay, now let's get to the nitty gritty. Can the Jersey Devil beat Manny Pogo in a, let's say, a beach scenario? I don't think so. That's the crazy part. I don't think that the Jersey Devil has the offensive capabilities. Yeah. Nothing, no violence. Nothing in the research shows that it really has any violent like tendencies. Not even mischievous. Like It says that it attacked the trolley car, but really, if you look at like a lot of the history, there were uh, hoof prints on like roofs and stuff, so maybe it was but just flying like time, shit. at the same time, nothing about the Manny Pogo says that it's... Maybe it could like constrict it, though, like a... Like a worm. Like a large, yeah, like a large snake or something. Yeah, I could see that. Actually, did I? I want to say recall seeing something in research about a guy bringing in a fishing net, and all of the fish literally just ripped in half. And you're like, "What? That's weird. Why would that happen?" And it's because it's a kind of a vicious, like, right? You know, predator. Even with the length, maybe it could grab it and drown it as well. So, yeah. I'm doing a little bit more research, and it seems to be that the common theory with the Manny Pogo is that it is carnivorous. There we go. I would assume that the Jersey Devil is at least omnivorous. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Manny Pogo. I think I am, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because even with the Jersey Devil having land and air, as but all it takes is that being pulled underwater. Exactly, exactly. And, that's- and based on size, it's not like it's a Thunderbird that can lift the Manny Pogo out of the water Correct. and have its way with them. Makes that sensual butt-loving. Manny so- Pogo. Another unanimous. We have the Mothman versus the Squonk. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to do what? I've done too many. I'll do Mothman, but uh, go ahead, Brian, with Squonk. Okay. The Squonk. <laughs> but the I, I reserve the right to sing the fucking songs. The Squanch. <laughs> I'm sorry, Squonk. Is basically a giant crying wrinkly pig. <laughs> the naked mole rat of pigs, if you will. <laughs> I shit you not. <laughs> uh, ashamed of drooping skin. With warts and other blemishes, and that because it is ashamed of its appearance, it hides from plain sight and spends most of its time weeping. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I like this. It's oh, the, it's so sad, It's dude. the emo of the cryptids. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Even the cryptids don't believe I exist. Yeah, moaning Myrtle the Squonk. <laughs> Hunters who have attempted to catch squonks have found that the creature is capable of evading capture by dissolving completely into a pool of tears <laughs> and bubbles <laughs> when I just love the idea that it's listening to like the cure on a walkman. And it's, Boys, don't cry. And it's like, doesn't say anything about squonks, Robert Smith. <laughs> it's like the fucking Eeyore of cryptids right now. Oh, yes, wow. exactly. <laughs> J.P. Wentling allegedly coaxed one into a bag, which while he was carrying it home, suddenly lightened. On inspection, he found that the bag contained only liquid remains of the sad animal. <laughs> <laughs> so pathetic. <laughs> that I kind of love it. The earliest known written account of squonks comes from a book by William T. Cox called Fearsome Creatures, which I'm not sure why Squonk would be in that, uh, <laughs> of the Lumberwoods with a few des- desert and, I'm like, dessert and mountain beasts. The 1910 science- book. Yeah. That's- so if, you look, if you're looking for American cryptids, a good hint is to look up fearsome creatures because that sets off a whole different set of search terms. Enjoy. The scientific name of the Squonk, Lacrimacorpus dissolvens, comes from a Latin word meaning tear, body, and dissolve. In 1970, ZZ Top released their first album. One of the songs is called Squank. Squank. (laughs) 
Quote, woman, grab your children, run and hide. Don't let it catch up to you. You got to fight to stay alive. If it gets you, man, you're through. It smells so rotten and rank. Well, everybody calls it the squank. I'm like the Hillary. The Hillary squank. <laughs> and then Seely Dan mentioned the creature in their song, Any Major Dude Will Tell You, on their 1974 LP, Pretzel Logic. And the lyric is, have you ever seen a squonk's tears? Well, look at mine. God, that's emo. <laughs> I hope they both wow. die in a car fire. <laughs> now it's your turn, Chad. Oh, the Mothman. Yeah. The Mothman is kind of interesting because there's been lots of sightings, but they're all pretty new. So the first sighting was in 1966. The second sighting was only three days later. It was also sighted in December uh, of 1967 at the collapse of the Silver Bridge that was the cause of 46 people dying. Yeah, so there's also a movie based off of this. And it's every time there is a massive, I don't know, death. Right, <laughs> catastrophic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, there's like events. reports of Mothman being seen at it. So basically it also says that there was another bridge collapse where 13 died and 144 were injured and they were seen there as well. Proximity to the Mothman caused confusion, extreme fear, and psychological distress that can last months or lead to death or insanity. That would make your creature cry even more, I think. So, Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> who could be mad at a poor little wrinkly pig that cries? Well, I think the Mothman has this effect, intentional or not. So I think just looking at the sad pig creature, it just has to have its like glowing red eyes and stare at it and maybe make a clicking sound. And then the pig just shits and cries itself to death. Here's a thought. There's the two negatives that make a positive. <laughs> okay. So they fucking have little, like a beautiful baby. Crying little wrinkly pig that's emo as fuck gets all these negative thoughts from Mothman and turns into a fearsome beast of a pig. Do you think that really would happen or do you no. think it would cry itself to death? <laughs> I think it would dissolve into nothing and then never come back. Yeah. Basically, basically, the Mothman would be there for the tragedy that is the squonk crying itself to death and non-existence. <laughs> the squonk would do an insiguri on itself, and then it would die. Now, okay. if it can control itself as just the puddle, it could drown the Mothman, but <laughs> it doesn't say anything about controlling it. <laughs> it I think it would just flap puddle. its little wings and fly away. <laughs> and fun fact, I didn't see the Mothman prophecies because like, oh, this is a ripoff of Mimic from 1997. It wasn't. It wasn't. I know it's completely that. different. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know that now, but as a child, I was like, oh, it's I the same movie. I never saw it either, but I've, well, I've never been a fan of Richard Gere. Okay. Yeah. You should definitely since see Mimic, especially since we reviewed it on this show. <laughs> well, the movie ends up being like their prophecy tellers. So basically, they warn before a big event like that would happen. Spoilers, Chad. It only came out 17 years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> So, unanimous that the Mothman kills the squonk? Yes. Oh, come on, guys. Skinwalkers versus the Chupacabra. I'm calling the Chupacabra. It's mine. You can't have it. Neener, neener, pumpkin wiener. I would have called it a rogue if we were still doing the D&D &D thing, but we're not. Literally, it means goat sucker. From Chupar to You're suck a goat sucker. Cabra from goat. You could suck it my goat. exsanguinates <laughs> its victims, which is to drain it of blood. Sightings go back as far as February of 1975 in Puerto Riqueña, in the town of Mocha. Scott Corrales, an investigator, noted the puncture wounds at an autopsy. They called it the Mocha Vampire. <laughs> and there was also some weird indication that bones were missing. That's the only thing I saw about Chupacabras taking bones out was in the 1970s. It became repopularized in the 1990s, specifically 1995. There was 
a young lady who was looking through her mom's window and she claims to have seen this chupacabra walking down the street. And that starts this whole string of sightings and whatnot, so much so that X-Files ends up doing an episode, El Mundo Gira, in 1997, which is about the chupacabra. It was not well received. No, it was not. It's, <laughs> it makes some weird space alien head. There's another cryptid called a melon head, which is basically what it makes it. It's a little bit weird. But either which way, I guess just the basic premise of talking about cryptids is a little weird. So the woman's name is Madeline Tolatino, and Benjamin Radford documented in his 2011 book, quote, tracking the chupacabra, that basically she was an asshole who had seen the movie Species, which is why it so drastically changes <laughs> the description. Because originally it was just like a hairless little monkey thing. And then it becomes very specifically green. It has the spines on its back. It, the whole physical form and function of it changes basically to look like to the alien from Species. So it kind of ruins the fun, but I still think that there's enough history there. In 2010, the University of Michigan biologist Barry O'Connor concluded that all chupacabra reports in the United States were simply coyotes that had mites called Sarcopitus scabii, which I think is a form of scabies, and that results in malnutrition because they're not eating because they're in pain, and then it calcifies and blah, blah, blah. In Texas in the early 2000s, there was the Zolodzikunitle, which is a hairless Mexican dog that somebody tried to pass off the corpse of as the corpse of a chupacabra. Huh. There have been sightings in the Philippines. Linda S. Godfrey wrote in her book that the references to the chupacabra, Jersey Devil, and the Mothman were the, quote, American gargoyle, which is how she got around the slight differences, but they're all very, you know, they can fly. They have these kind of multiple hodgepodge of different things when if you right, look at classic right architecture lots of times gargoyles would have like the beak of this with the hooves of that right whatever and then there's also the van meter visitor from 1903 which is an eight foot tall glowing like bird creature that a lot of people want to say very distinctly different but i wanted to make sure i made reference to it some people have simply dismissed it as being a coyote with maybe an injured leg which is why it walks on two legs there was one study done which is the texas blue dog which there were three of them that were found and all of them displayed kind of erratic behavior. And the DNA test showed that it had coyote and wolf DNA. But basically, they think that it was just a variation of that hairless dog. Hmm. So I don't know. It's a fun idea because it's so vague. And it's also nice to have something small and mischievous. Yeah. Like we've talked about on the show, the smaller creepy things are like worse to me because scuttling. Like right, just, right, right. You know, <laughs> like just the panic of like, where do I kick this? Where do I step God, on reminiscent it? of watching ticks. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Versus like a Sasquatch, I know what I'm going to do. Yep. I'm going for the eyes. I'm going to try and choke. I don't think I'm going to, but I, at least I have a plan. <laughs> Versus something that's like scuttling and trying to get up my short leg. See, that's the difference. I'm going to offer the Bigfoot a hand job, and then he'll be so sleepy, I'll walk away. Just rub it on his belly. <laughs> when he's done. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope stick. you're a nasty skunk ape. <laughs> naughty. So who's going to win? The Chupacabra. Or whatever the fuck Brian was talking about. I didn't no, get a chance to, to do but, you know, we can just fucking <laughs> skip ahead because apparently the Chupacabra is going to win. It's I don't skinwalkers. think so. I, I, think, I, I read honestly. an entire book on skinwalkers. I just like Chupacabras more. So. Yeah, the skinwalkers is really interesting, right? And if I remember correctly, part of this has to do with the, the Navajo, I want to say. And they talk about they're really strongly believe in healing powers and like shamanistic powers but there's also the bad side there's always the good side and the bad side of magic and they're always they're considered witches right and they're they're very hush hush about it they don't like to talk about it in the public the public's eyes like 
like, oh, well, I, I would like to tell you all of you want what you want to know, but I'm not going to. The witches are called Antonihiti, which is super hard to learn to pronounce. <laughs> and then, so all skinwalkers are witches, but not all witches are skinwalkers. To and not take, all witches are women. Yeah. To take the Antonihini, you have to become the Yi Naldushi. The Naldushi. Hmm. I was waiting for you to do that. Which is... <laughs> witchy woman. I don't know what that song nope, is. No, of course I know what that song is. <laughs> um, which the Naldushi is the... Uh, with it, he goes on all fours. I wanted right. to get that out because I was very proud of that research because I actually like looked up how to pronounce things and I still think I got it wrong. Yeah, it's really interesting all the different things that a, a skinwalker could do to either possess a person or change into an animal. Basically, you need... A uh, locket of hair, a scale, anything, and it can transform. Pelt right? feathers, yeah. It can also read human thoughts, which is fucking scary. Yeah. <laughs> they have the ability to make any sound, which I think is really cool. It can throw off people, make a sound from one area, or, and make it sound like it's a bird or a beast, scare somebody off if it's somebody's you know on their trail or something, which I thought was really neat. There's a Rumpelstiltskin clause. That's mine. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so I put that. <laughs> it's not actually referred to it, but I, I had to make that smarmy remark <laughs> because one of the ways of killing the skinwalker is to tell it its original name before it became the Yi Naldlushi. Three days later, it dies of disease or whatever huh. by reminding it of who it was before it effectively had to do some heinous act to become the skinwalker, which is usually like killing a baby. The shame kills it and it dies. So interesting. But it's just. Not really. Guess me name. <laughs> uh, Call Keller, George Knapp had the hunt for the skinwalker. Science confronts the unexplained at a Utah ranch. Attorney Michael Stuff had actually sued native witches on behalf of the clients. And they, he won. <laughs> well, what? It's they, crazy. They settled, but basically, oh this is gosh. fucking fascinating. A divorce proceeding that's going on. A little boy comes home from a trip to his dad's house and was like, oh, yeah. Daddy took me and we did a shamanistic ritual for the entire day and we put two dolls into a tree. And he <laughs> describes this ritual in vivid detail. So this attorney writes an entire petition and injunction against the guy saying, okay, you tried to put a curse on my client and me. It just so happens that the judge in this scenario was also Navajo. So at first, he, like people were mocking him for even trying to do this. And the judge was like, okay, I totally see what you're talking about. And was literally going to find in his favor. And then the guy settled out of court and gave up all custody of his kid because he was so worried about the repercussions of it. But wow. there was literally almost legal precedent on the issue of witchcraft in the United States. It's completely blown well, because some guy pushed out. If you think about it and he's trying to actually harm somebody with his faith, why not? Absolutely. It's like, dude, Welcome. you're you're still trying to hurt somebody. It's like a threat. So take it as a threat at least. Hell yeah. Yeah. And anthropologist Dan... Benny Sheck said skinwalkers are purely evil in intent. Hmm. So I refer to this as the Black Adam Clause. There is a great line from, I believe it's World War III, which is a DC comic, where basically they're talking about how Captain Marvel would have all of the powers of Black Adam, but Black Adam is infinitely more powerful because every time he hits you, he's trying to murder you and put his fist through your head. So basically there's no like, I'm just going to try to incapacitate you. I'm going to kill you dead. And that is why, even though I love the Chupacabra, I have to go with the Skinwalker in this regard. The Skinwalker is just fucking going to destroy it because it's, it's pure evil. Right. Whereas Chupacabra is more or less, uh, it's a predator and prey kind of thing where it's like, I'm just eating for food. 
Exactly. Not, not yeah. necessarily like I, this is an evil, malcontent creature. Yeah, there's nothing malevolent about it. It's, right. And it's not like people talk about the quantities because I think one town reported like 150 livestock that were killed in some way. But that didn't ever hurt people. There's no accounts of a human attack. There, I mean, there's some that have been hit by cars and whatnot, allegedly hit by Plus, cars. Plus, I think you have a lot more higher intelligence when you go with the skinwalker. Oh, 100%. So then you also have intelligence on top of that. Yeah, it's not like a feral creature. It's very conniving. Right. It could actually hunt based on, like, your weaknesses and go, I could turn into this or that, you know. Yep. Absolutely. I could turn into a flight bird to attack you, whatever. Done deal. Skinwalker. Sorry so we've been it. unanimous on every single one. This is so boring. I hate this episode. <laughs> well, oh my the god! Second tier is going to be more controversial. Uh, no, it won't. <laughs> Wendigo's winning this bitch. Wendigo versus the Ozark Howler. Wendigos are my jam. But Chad, I know that you like them a lot too. Did you want to do this one? No, go for it. Okay. And Brian, you did the research on the Ozark Howler, so it's only appropriate that you do that. Sure, sure. Wendigos, I said, would be like a druid. They are similar to the Pacific Northwest Wechuge. They can be up to 15 feet tall, or they are, can be the size of a man. They originally didn't have antlers, as you can see by the one depicted on my arm. I like the one with antlers. Fuck it. It's my choice. <laughs> Some texts say that they're proportionate in size to the amount of people that they've eaten. So you start off as a man, and then after you consume the flesh of more men, you become proportionately taller. How fun is that? Chad, does that remind you of anything from maybe a book series? Which? The one with Ben. Don't talk in riddles. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, now I'm Not drawing a fucking anything. blank. Now I'm oh, drawing okay. a blank. The one with, where she can push uh, coin shots. Oh, Mistborn. Mistborn. The yeah. blue guys. Yeah. Right? They eat and eat and eat and their their skin yes. stretches and it's like ripping. Yes, which basically. is a fantastic book. Go That's read great. any Brandon Sanderson books. They are evil spirits or demonic entities <laughs> that possess like, people. Move on. <laughs> There's also a version where it's not just an, a demonic entity, but it's also a shaman puts a curse on you. Okay. So you can get it two different ways. Sometimes they're depicted as being telepathic. Sometimes no. Dr. Grace Dillon, professor of indigenous nation studies at Portland State University, has observed that indigenous authors' depictions of the Wendigo, quote, tend to offer hope in what seems to be desperate moments. They often have happy endings involving characters who escape the Wendigo against all odds, while in Western interpretations, the Wendigo has so much power that this spirit person decimates all in its path. Basically, it's a parable of greed. Uh, the hmm. idea of consuming flesh being a very selfish idea, even if you are starving. There are indications there's a... I was going to say a gentleman, but he murdered people and killed his family and ate their bodies. But it was Swift Runner who was actually put to death famously for this incident. Algernon <laughs> Blackwood wrote the Wendigo. In the Charmed Book of Shadows, it, they say to, quote, unbecome the Wendigo, you have to kill a Wendigo by melting its heart of ice. Don't know how your little howler boy is going to handle that one. 11 to 1989, two Native Americans in Canada were put on trial for shooting their chief, who they claimed was a Wendigo, and ordered them to shoot him. Huh. Kind of famous. Oh, and the Wendigo in Myth and History by Sean Smallman notes that grandparents are the most powerful Wendigos because in folklore, you want to give the status and hierarchy to the eldest. So even though they're older, there's that. But countershot, a lot of times female Wendigos are linked to their fertility. And oh. so old women ones aren't as strong because they don't have the... The moon Ovarian curse. goodness. The moon <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. In a story about... Mako Binmide, he had four wives, and he takes the form of a Wendigo to fight an evil sorcerer Wendigo, 
And after he shatters the skull of the evil one that melts the pieces, his wives then give him a nutritious boiling broth that melts his heart. So it seems to be that you can also revert from being a Wendigo in a peaceable way, huh. like a, a like a little sip of Campbell soup. Wow. Just like that little boy in the commercial who turns from an icy snowman to a little boy. <laughs> See, I remember the commercials that I refer to, Chad. Oh, uh, yeah. Boom. I'm not going to Google that stupid commercial. Go for it can't remember right it's your turn to talk about the ozark howler okay basically the ozark howler there's a couple na- different names the ozark howler the ozark black howler and the hoo-hoo which is <laughs> the nightshade bear and the devil cat is a legendary creature that's purported to live in remote areas in arkansas missouri oklahoma and texas Essentially, a stupid cross lunchables. Be- Sorry, Brian. <laughs> it's a lunchables commercial. You and I literally talked about lunchables at Disneyland for twenty minutes wow. about a status symbol, and you couldn't remember that, dude. Yeah. Wow. It you must very, feel so. It dumb. wasn't a very good commercial because all I remembered was them, and I don't remember what they were advertising at all. But anyway, so anyway. Uh, it's uh, size-wise, I don't think it matches the Wendigo. I think in terms of weight it does because it's usually depicted as like a fatter it's, kind it's of a bear. bear. Yeah. It's like a it's a bear cat with essentially. horns, right? Sometimes it's just described with horns and other times it's not. Most of the time it's like a ram's horn anyway though, so it's not like a, an offensive Exactly, yeah. exactly. Cryptozoologists have speculated that the creature might be a misidentified or unrecognized big cat. Anthropologists and folklorists have speculated that the creature might be branching off from the dark dog of death hmm. found in Britain. Oh, that, that that ties in with some of the folklore being that people who've seen it are either dying or close to death. Exactly, yeah. exactly. There's a slight it's like variation. A, a crazy premonition, right? Yeah, yeah. This one you've complained about all the red eyes. This one can have orange eyes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> How neat! But well, usually they're red. Yeah. So, some biologists who believe in the Ozark Howler assert that it's a mountain lion breed who has either mutated into a new subspecies or is a hybrid of a mountain lion and unknown creature. Other guess is that the Ozark Howler might be a wild boar, an eastern woodland bison, a hyena, or a surviving member of the Creodont family. Hmm. Jesus. Yeah, apparently that's the, a very wild. Yeah, array right, of right. Things. But then, but then, if you also listen to apparently its its call, its cry is often described as being a combination of a wolf's howl, an elk's bugle, and a laugh of a hyena, which sounds fucking terrifying. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sing it for me, Sam. <laughs> the earliest legend of the Ozark Howler is apparently between Daniel Boone and the Ozark Howler, huh. right? Which is kind of crazy because that's like an historical figure. Uh, and the creature in the Missouri in the early 1800s, Boone is purported to have firing his gun at the Ozark Howler in some version of the story, although there is no evidence that the beast was killed and kept as a trophy. So we can agree it's, it's cool, but it's not killer. Wendigo is made of death. Well, Wendigo is made of death. And again, this goes with, I feel like with the Chupacabra, it's an opportunistic killer. Like when it comes to whatever, something that it needs for food or something like that. Or maybe not, that's not the correct term, opportunistic. I think it starts off that way because very often depicted that the cannibalism comes out of necessity. So I think that makes sense. But then if you're doing the witchcraft version, it's all malevolence because most forms you have to like kill a baby or a loved one or something like that, do something that's irreprehensible right right and uh, and also with the wendigo essentially it just seems like it's almost a presence it's like a vile presence that's over you know overtakes somebody as far as when it comes to gluttony or exactly so how can you fight that right 
with rock, love. paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Wendigo. It has to be. I hate to agree with you guys again, but yes. Well, I think all of these make sense. I don't think that they these do. are like, you know, and it just like I said, we completely randomized the brackets. So now that we've given you the history lesson of all these, the next couple of brackets are going to be a lot simpler. So just bear with us. I know it's an hour plus into the episode. The Snallygaster against the Thunderbirds. Both of them flying. One shoots electricity. One has scales. What do we think? Thunderbird. I think, exactly. I think the size gets it. You can't compete against a giant bird that fucking shoots lightning. Yeah, there's a lot more magic, I think, with the Thunderbird as well. That just gives it the the one up. Exactly. Sorry, Snallygaster. I think if they're commensurate in size, the physicality of the Snallygaster with like the tentacles and, and stuff and could the, be And cool. the talon like claws and whatnot. Yeah, yeah I can yeah. see that. But you just, the Thunderbird, my big concern of putting it in this combat was it's so huge. But even like proportionate size, if you're the same size, one has scales, one has tentacles, the other can use magic. I still think the magic wins. That's why Captain Marvel buttfucks Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Bigfoot versus the Hodag. Honestly, this is probably the hardest one of this tier for me because I love Bigfoot. But the Hodag is basically a giant crocodile with an ox's head. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does a thing of flesh fight a thing of scale and spike and bone? With sheer power, right? Yeah. That's where you just almost bank on Bigfoot, being able to get it within its reach and, I don't know, bear hugging it to death. Right? Is what I would think of. Well, even then, it's got spikes on its back. I feel like the best bet would be to do the, the King Kong ripping the jaw off. Yeah. Because this thing doesn't shoot fire or anything, so that might help. Yeah, that's true. What do you think, Chad? I think Bigfoot loses. I think it's the Hodag as well. Ryan, do you want to say what your vote was just anecdotally? I mean, mine was Bigfoot. Just because I feel like... Yes, again, our first disagreement. No, it, <laughs> essentially, the Hodag is, like you said, an alligator you were pitting a gorilla against an alligator. Yeah. Like, right. Don't get it twisted. I love me some Bigfoot, but I just feel like anatomically he's just fucked. <laughs> you know, yeah. Even if you add the fangs from John Lithgow's dad, it's not going to do it. There's right. a reason alligators are still basically prehistoric dinosaurs yep. and nothing's yep. changed. <laughs> it's yeah. an apex predator. And that's the thing. Like The depictions of Bigfoot, it's usually like a gentle giant. And so even if it make it carnivorous, it's still not an apex predator that hasn't had to evolve in a million yeah, years. Yeah, as much as I, I hate to say it, you know, I want to say Bigfoot, but I agree with you. Okay, Manny Pogo versus the Mothman, which is the weirdest of all of ours. That, we that, have. Is, very that strange. is strange. I don't even know where to begin because you have one that flies that's not overtly hostile, that creates a feeling of like dread. Here's my thinking, and you can disagree with me if you want. The Mothman is present. A bridge collapses, crushes the Manny Pogo, the Mothman wins. That's my theory. I'm sticking to <laughs> it. was like the it. Mothman shows up, Manny Pogo actually shows itself on the beaches of whatever lake it's on, and hunters just fucking destroy it. <laughs> or it gets so depressed it hangs itself with itself. <laughs> okay. Do I think, don't Jen? think the Manny Pogo can even feel despair as much as that, Ooh. as an animal. It's more instinctive. It's, yeah, so I think... Uh, but I also, <laughs> Mothman to me always seems like it's almost incorporeal or whatever you want to say. Yeah. So I guess I still have to give it to Mothman. I give it to Mothman. Magic wins, dude. I know. This is why. This, this is, is what's really crazy, right? Because I'm like, okay, Thunderbird, magic. Mothman, magic. Wendigo, magic. Super magic. What yep. the fuck? Skywalker, <laughs> super duper magic. <laughs> this is gonna, yeah, between 
the Wendigo having existential, existential dread or just like an insane amount of dread. And then Mothman, probably the same thing, right? It's the same kind of description. It's like, oh, I feel like really awful right now and something bad's going to happen. That's what a Wendigo does. Yeah. yeah. So that leads us to our next of the championship tier, the Skinwalker versus the Wendigo. This is a pretty difficult one as this well. This is difficult. I think it goes to the Wendigo, though. I think that the greed, the overt hostility, you're comparing them, but then you have to factor in that a Wendigo is reported to be up to 15 feet tall. Right. Even if a skinwalker so takes the shape sheer, of fucking the bear. sheer force yeah. of, sheer a, of force, a Wendigo. If it takes the Wendigo form even, the transition time would have to be instantaneous. To and even a, here's, an, here's another thing. A skinwalker is still a human. Yeah. It's a witch. Right. Right. So you're talking about somebody that has the frailties of being human compared to a creature that is a Wendigo. So I think that metamorphosis is fair because if I may add on to what you're saying, you're saying that a skinwalker is somebody using a spell on themselves, whereas a Wendigo is a physical transformation. That, that is what it is. Yeah. There's nothing right. changing what a Wendigo is. This is what it is. Whereas, yeah, again, a skinwalker is trying to enhance its features, but you, one would think that there are still, what would I say? Like It's like a tidbits, fight. There's still tidbits of the witch in yes. In the transformation. Right. No. Right? So there's got to be something that still links it back to its original form. If you turn me into a bear and I'm fighting a real bear, I'm not going to have like the viciousness that the bear has yeah. because I've always been a man or even if I am, you know. Right, exactly. I'm not gonna there's be... going to be something different. Exactly. It's like giving somebody a controller in a video game. Like you could be the same person as maybe you don't know my special moves. Right. Yeah. And I think that further, unless... A skinwalker had weeks or months to prepare. It's not going to know to like take the form of the beloved of the Wendigo to feed it the broth to melt the heart or no trickery. Physical to physical, I think the Wendigo wins. I feel right. like I feel like the skinwalker could escape if it wanted to, though. Um, Just be able to throw it off different different animal calls, being able to escape but not physically conquer. And that's yes, what kind exactly, of, exactly, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, I think if we plan this out as if. The skinwalker spent time hunting and planning. Oh yeah, that then be really it would probably maybe win. But yeah, if they just both walk up to each other like randomly on accident, I think the Wendigo takes it. Yeah, drawing a line in the sand and squaring up, it's very different. Yeah, I agree. I think if you give it that advantage, the skinwalker beats basically everybody. It's right that that because right, it can turn ones. into the anti everything. Yeah, anti version of yeah whatever they're. It fighting. turns into Jenny McCarthy before she became an anti vaxxer ah. and then I die of my own erection. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it stabs you. Moving on. <laughs> so then we go to Thunderbirds versus the Hodag. This is a very interesting one to me. I don't think that the Hodag scale is enough to beat the Thunderbird, though. I don't either. With, like, full weather control. I mean, they said they had hail, rain. The hail, rain, Wonder lightning. Uh, yeah. it's has a 20-foot wingspan. Maybe it can't pick it up because it has spikes. But it could still attack the head. Or just electrocute it. I mean, right. Okay. Check this out. Check this out. I've been waiting since 2001 to use this. <laughs> Boop. What happens to a hodag when it's struck by lightning? The same the thing. Shut the fuck up, Chad. <laughs> Seal the punchline, Chad. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Finish the punchline, Chad. No, I don't even know it. See? The go. same thing that happens to everything else, you motherfucker. <laughs> But yeah, I've looked at the size of the Hodags, and they say that they vary in size. That's a specific point. So, I mean, 
even if it's too big to lift, I still I just very inclined to give it to the Thunderbird at this point. I feel like that's Thunderbird, Thunder, 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 Thunderbird. So do you disagree? No, I actually agree. I think even with the magic, like almost taken away, I still think the Thunderbird has enough in it to take out. If the Hodag had Godzilla's atomic breath or something, maybe, but as far as I've seen, it doesn't have anything and like imagine that. Imagine how so no scary range. this would be if we actually included the fact that they hunt in packs. Oh, the Thunderbirds? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Fuck you're that. all fucked. You're yeah. all drawn and quartered <laughs> vertically. So then we move on to, what is it? Is it the Mothman versus the Wendigo, right? Yes. That's what I thought. Yes, the Mothman versus the Wendigo. This Which is, is yeah, one. what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. The Wendigo versus Mothman, where they both they take over your thoughts and feelings and make it you completely but, dread everything. Right. But the Wendigo is like an actual predator with like physical violence as well. Yeah. And not moth- just metaphysical. Yeah, dread, exactly. Yeah. And the Mothman is... And none of that's going to work on the Wendigo. Well, the Mothman never does anything overt from what I see in the history. I mean, aside from getting hit by cars... It's always described as just being present. Everybody fucking present on 9-11. And the, there's like allegedly photos of it from Stephen Rowan, I think is the guy's name. Really? It's interesting, but it doesn't, I mean, it looks right. no different than if you added Rodan with Photoshop. It's pretty basic. But yeah, I think that the overtness and the greed and the, like the human intention of the Wendigo. And also we at least have some idea of like the conscious state of one versus a Mothman. Like no, none has ever written a manuscript or anything. Right. So it's just right, right. the like, intelligence, yeah, I, I think, I is I the big change. I still can't get over that story I read. I'm sure you read it as well about the guy that, I think it's in the notes, that was 25 miles away from camp, ended up killing and eating his family. He's, they're like, why did you do that? Well, because I like the taste of flesh. Basically. What? <laughs> he had every resource available to him to save himself. And then, yeah, there are a couple like really terrifying I think stories. there's a movie based. I think it's called Ravenous. Oh, Loosely based yeah. on the idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. With Gary Oldman and whatnot. Yeah. Right. One of the things about the Wendigo, which I think is fascinating, is it's an explanatory means of showing how people got to a terrible place. You know, in terms of. Well, yeah, Wendigo psychosis. Exactly. So it's it, you're still a good person. It's just that this overcame you in a terrible crisis situation. Like, look at the way people view the Donner Party. A means to an end. Yeah. You're not evil. You were su- surviving. You can look at Jack Torrance in The Shining, right? Yeah. Okay, well, it's him shut up into, into a, a confined space for a long period of time, getting annoyed by his kid and his wife. But he's going through Wendigo psychosis, right? That's I actually mean, one very accurate, yeah. Okay. And uh, Brian might have just dropped a hint as to what our October Stephen King adaptation is going to be. (laughs) Because nobody fucking asked for Obi-Wan Kenobi to be in Doctor Sleep in November, but we're getting that. So now we have to catch up. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) So we're down to the final, my fine feathered friends, the Thunderbird versus the Wendigo. Now this is, yeah. The hardest one. This is the one I'd actually like to see, bar none. Like, great fight. I'm going to give it to the Wendigo just because I have every inclination to think that it's going to win in terms of the, like just the concept of it. You know, the Thunderbird is just trying to exist. You know, it's, it might have some magic here or there, but a Wendigo is a force of death and despair and right, just the Wendigo, domination. The Wendigo is going to force the Thunderbird not to go catch prey and eat, and then it's going to die. Yeah, this seems like good magic versus bad magic sort of a thing. Yeah, and I guess it also comes from our perspective because, like, in terms of size, if you have a 20 foot wingspan, if you think about the size of the torso, but then you have a 15 foot Wendigo, think about its wingspan 
fingertip to fingertip would be approximately 15 feet plus claws. You're not talking about that variant of a size difference in this size, maybe a weight difference in disparity. Is Wendigo susceptible to things like nature? Lightning? I think lightning might. Maybe lightning, but I think that the extreme cold and weather conditions, that's what bore the Wendigo. Right. The, you know, the elements. So in terms of the Thunderbird trying to capture him, you can use your antlers to kind of fend those off. Sure, it might be able to grab them, but I don't know. I you still have some sort of intelligence though, as yeah. a Wendigo, right? Yes, from all accounts. So, so you might be like mad and possessed, but you still have some deliberate intention, right? And so, I mean, aside from lifting him and dropping him, I feel like that's his best, though Thunderbird's best bet, aside from lightning. But I still give it to the Wendigo. But the only way to kill it is to melt its heart. So Basically. lightning, maybe, but you'd have to like, I think. It would be like a very. It. it would be like a very concentrated right. lightning strike, yeah. Right? Which agreed. I imagine, like, in my mind's eye, I can imagine like Thunderbird flapping its wings and having multiple lightning arcs, whereas to like have one concentrated bolt go straight into its heart and melt its icy heart. I, I think of this way: it grabs the antlers with its talons, right, and it's flapping and it's flapping. And it like leans back and it says, Shazam! And lightning comes down, <laughs> boom, hits that motherfucker. But guess what? We're not in Fawcett Comics or DC Comics. We're in Slasher's podcast. I vote the Wendigo is the North American heavyweight champion of the world. What do you say? I agree. I'll agree. You had some hesitation there. You were going to lose anyway. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, to be fair, I was, uh, Chad can attest to this. I was very reluctant to even put in the Wendigo because I'm such a big fan of the lore. Right. I was like, I'm going to argue that it's going to win regardless. So to be fair, I am a very biased source, but I think that you guys. Right. But if anything could even challenge the Wendigo, I think it would be the Thunderbird. That's the best fight. Right. They're, yeah. Ultimately, They're so different. Yeah. Ultimately, yes. these two needed to be at the end. And it just worked out that way. Not necessarily saying that we were steering it that way, but no other cryptid had the type of powers that these have. Exactly. Reading up, you're like, oh, <laughs> this is way heavy on this side. <laughs> then you have Frogman. <laughs> the poor fucking crying pig. Yes. <laughs> the, the suicidal sea snake. The Manny Pogo who hangs himself from the Mothman's bridge. Yes. <laughs> And you know, if you have any recommendations as to how we're wrong, shove them up your ass. But if you have recommendations <laughs> on worldwide cryptids, be sure to send them to us because we are going to be doing a future episode much like this, even if you didn't like this episode, because we've already committed to it with our friend Jim, who's going to appear on that show. This Jim is turn. our nerdiest episode ever. It's super self-indulgent. Like That's one of the things about the show. In less than a month, we've done three different episodes that weren't just movie reviews. And I feel like I might be a bit hedonistic and I hope we're not ostracizing or alienating our audience. The fact is, it's that there's so many horror movie review podcasts. Watch a movie, review a movie. And so many people are just like, these are my thoughts and feelings on it. And that's great. I'm not interested in that. I'm not going to listen to something that's how somebody feels. Because like, here's the thing. I don't really put any value in what anybody else thinks about something. And I think that applies to most horror fans. If you were worried about what other people thought, you'd probably be into fucking win a date with Tad Hamilton, which I still defend as a good movie. <laughs> but my point is, is like horror folks should be more autonomous and I don't really care what other people think. I like educational stuff and I hope you got education out of this. Like, like I said, I read through all those books, all those articles. I love doing it. And I hope just like our other episodes, if you're interested in what we're talking about, use us as a starting off point to look at that research and indulge yourself. Don't be like, oh, well, I now know everything about the Wendigo because guess what? 
you don't. And one of the things that's super interesting about this, and we talked about it internally, we actually did like a pre-recording meeting. Where we're talking about, oh, well, this variation says this, this variation says that. Your version of the Ozark Howler is more of a bear. I read multiple accounts where it's more anthropomorphic and has like a full upright walk that drags its knuckles. And it's very different. Like, yeah, we're dealing with amorphous ideas because they're not proven, which is why they're cryptids in the first place. Which is what makes it cool, honestly. I like the fact that each one of them has their own powers specific to them, even though some of them carry over. And again, I was talking about this earlier with you guys. It seems like we were almost playing Pokemon with these guys where we can literally have a card made out and say, okay, this is 20 attack power and this is what this does. And this is what this does. And it kind of sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, some of these characters are what you would call broken if you're playing in a 2D fighter, right? It's it's completely unfair to think that a frogman would fight against a Thunderbird. Yep. But for the purpose of inclusion, that's why we did 16 of them, because some of them were super easy to breeze past. Yeah, and also, I mean, some of them are just really silly, and we wanted to include them because <laughs> like of the jackalope. Yeah. It was an excuse <laughs> to look up the jackalope and find out, like, because I knew I had seen various forms of jackalopes throughout the years. But I couldn't explain why some of them had wings, fangs, you know, and the pheasant legs. And then I find out about the Volpertinga. <laughs> now I know everything. But we have to agree on one thing. The miscongeniality award, if you will, for this has to go for the Schnellergeist for having the best <laughs> name of all of them. Right? Schnellergeist. The Wendigo. It's a nice name, but it's not that nice. Brian, I had talked to Chad about this. He doesn't have any recollection of WWF titles from the day. If you were going to crown an intercontinental champion, so like, let's just say the hardest working man, the most technical man, is there anybody who, aside from the Wendigo, let's take away the tournament format, who you think deserves recognition? Does that go to the Thunderbird for you? Yeah, definitely a Thunderbird. It deserves it. Without going up against a Wendigo, it's a champion, undisputed. Yeah. But, eh. If we're going by WWF booking from the 80s, you have the Wendigo is the Undertaker and the Thunderbird is clearly the ultimate warrior. Oh, and absolutely. And we know how that's going to end. Absolutely. But we're a horror podcast. Poor Thunderbird going off on your rants about the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to crash this plane. You remember that one? Yeah. What the fuck? We went off the rails. Steroids is a hell of a thing. Oh, yeah. And he wrote comic books and was very anti-gay, which makes me very sad. He's dead now, so we're safe. <laughs> Is that how we make jokes? What was the evil thing that you were talking about earlier made us Stairs, all sad? what? Oh, Jesus Christ, Chad. Whew. So, boys, what do you think? This is a good episode? You have fun? I had fun, any, despite all the reading. Any points you want to make? <laughs> you could have audio booked it, man. Uh, yeah. No, I enjoyed it, and I actually think the world of monsters will be much more interesting. There's just a lot more variation. And then do we go to, like, Interstellar? Cryptids. Dude. Oh man. We'll have some grays versus some xenomorphs. Am I right? That's fun. You know, I like some it. probing going on. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> as long as it's butt probing. There we go. <laughs> so, Brian, it's time to hit those people with the last action line. Yeah, man. If you ain't watching them dying, you ain't really trying. Enjoy killing time until next week. And for Brian, for Chad, for Jim Turn, for all of these cryptids that may or may not exist, I like to think they do. My name is Jake, reminding you to go out there and do something you love or someone you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. I'm really excited for the episode on The Shining when the all work and no power play I can like explain. Actually, oh, yeah. Work. <laughs> it's a reference to hockey because this is originally going to be a hockey horror podcast, but that niche is already too small. Thank goodness. It's a gone. niche within a niche. Yeah. <laughs>
Niche Nish, squared. Nishi. Friedrich Nishi. <laughs> I'm going to hit stop on the recording now. Blah. To quote the Grand Galactic Inquisitor from the Venture Brothers, that was a weird one. Thanks for all of you who stuck through to the very end to listen to the hidden track for this week. This is our friends at Deathlist, who we have been in correspondence with since early July about getting them on the show and featuring their awesome music, which they describe as grief punk. This song is called Your Body Falls, which I think is kind of perfect. I wanted to find something that's a little bit more macabre and everything. So just focus when you're listening to this on Skinwalkers, Wendigo, Mothman. Ignore the jackalope and stuff like that. It'll just distract you. They have shows coming up October 11th with Spinal Tarp and Whippers at the Fixin 2 in Portland. They are also playing November 1st with two nights with Swerve Driver at the Bunk Bar at Bunk Sandwiches. Do not miss these live shows because you're supporting local artists even if you're not local and you have to travel thousands of miles to get there which i totally recommend you do anyway this is death list with your body falls your body falls apart in my arms. <laughs> 